0: vile the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever made and this is ryan
1: and this is quincy
0: how's it going quincy how's your week going
1: it's good i got a nintendo switch for christmas so i haven't done anything productive at
0: all oh excellent so wait so on on the switch which which games uh did did this did the switch come loaded with
1: oh it didn't come loaded with anything Ryan.
0: Or not low. You, you know. you Nothing you, you is free no
1: anymore. <laughs> so, I,
0: <laughs> Nothing is for free.
1: No, it did not come with a game. I just bought the hardware. No software whatsoever. I had to purchase everything. Oh,
0: wow. This is... See, I don't know if this is... Uh, Gone are the days of
1: the red... N- the red Wii with Super Mario that comes with it. Or yeah, Hunt.
0: that's like that's like when I was a kid and we had a Sega Genesis and it comes with uh, Aladdin.
1: So they have made a two-pack of Aladdin and Lion King for the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we're trying to... I mean, trauma is generational. Why are we trying to pass this on <laughs> to, to these new wide-eyed children these horrible fucking impossible to win yeah
0: i mean this is i i think back to did you ever play top gun for nintendo
1: um no but i've played other video games that have made me cry
0: yeah that was i feel like i listen i know that the phrase tears of impotent rage like that phrase gets tossed around a lot these days But being like eight years old and trying to land the airplane in Top Gun on Nintendo, a deeply scarring experience.
1: I have had to, within the week of getting the Switch and also buying Bloodstained, I've had to put it away because I am so angry at Bloodstained that I just, I, I can't. Uh, play. I'm not ready to, like, throw, like, mm-hmm. sell the game or give up on it entirely, but I just, I, I'm an older, <laughs> wiser man, and I know when I need to just take a break. So now I'm just playing Tetris 99.
0: See, that's a reasonable sense. thing. I, so, um, I am finally playing through Bloodborne, um...
1: <laughs> Speaking of games, it it's so you upsetting. But
0: like, it's—I I think I've realized that you know, a, a game like Bloodborne is such a genuine delight to play. In the regard that, like, it's really fucking hard and unfair a lot of the time. But man, that sweet, sweet dopamine after you uh, kill a boss that's been uh, bedeviling you—it's—it's it's the greatest thing. The greatest thing in the world. I just finally there's a there's a boss in the game called the blood-starved beast. And I was stuck on this boss fight forever, and I finally just beat him yesterday. Um, and I've realized that, like, every name for a monster in uh, Bloodborne sounds like a masturbation reference. Like, what did you do last night? Like, oh, I was at, I was at home beating up the blood-starved beast, I don't know what to tell you. Or, like, Father Gascoigne or Vicar Amelia. Like, it's all it all sounds very Victorian and very gross.
1: Yeah, what is it about... I'm trying to figure out why it is that bloodstained I can't beat the boss, I'm, and I'm angry. And yet, when I play Castlevania on my NES emulator and I fall off the fucking tower trying to get to Dracula, <laughs> I just laugh and say "delightful" and hit start and play it again and Classic again. Classic bloodstain,
0: and, and it's just you don't. Yeah, yeah. Why? I, I think it's that like. A game that's hard, sort of arbitrarily, like in ways that aren't actually, like a game that uh, is hard in a way that you can't get better at, and it's just sort of like a thing will fall out of the sky, like the helmet in fucking Castle of, Castle of a Toronto, and kill you, and it's just like, yeah, get fucked. And it, like, there's a difference between that and sort of, listen, you're, you know, you you will weep and fast, weep and pray, but eventually you will you will get better at this game if you just keep at it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I just need to delete my file and start over. Yeah. So, what ghoul shit have you been into? Uh, now that we've <laughs> talked about video games, yes.
0: Yeah, so, so far It's so I on I a horror podcast, you. which apparently we talk about horror movies. So this week, uh, or in the last week, I uh, went to a folk kind of metal show for a band called Heilung. Um, which is German for healing. Uh, And it's basically, um, it's not technically metal because they don't have any amplified instruments. And it's just like, they have instruments made of like human remains. So they have like a a drum with flesh stretched over it that they drum on with like a human uh, forearm bone. They've got like a rattle full of human ashes. And um, it was weirdly wholesome for all of that. Like it's, it looks like a scene from Midsummer because they like a bunch of them have like stag horns strapped to their head. Their fire happens at one point. You've got a bunch of dudes like these Pictish looking guys with like shields and spears and they're like thunking the spears rhythmically and it was a great fucking time. I was I uh, sort of bunched up and nervous going in because of the ratio of um white nationalists at stuff like this. Yeah, that's that's I hate that Nazis are no
1: longer the villain of Wolfenstein 3D and are now a palpable evil in the world again. It's really yeah. a bummer.
0: Yeah, I just keep thinking of that one bit. And um, did you ever play uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the the new one?
1: No, I. as far as I'm concerned, it does not exist past the what you could get on a floppy from your dad's coworker.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the game that I would play on my uncle's lap was Wolfenstein 3D. Um the the newer games, which is also incredible that like a game where you're killing sort of super Nazis and everybody online or not everybody online but like a lot of gamers being like, "Oh, so just because they're Nazis, now they're Nazis." Um and I just keep thinking of this there was this one bit of dialogue in the in Wolfenstein the New Order where like you're sneaking up on two Nazi guards talking, and the conversation they're having is like, "Man, like these radicals, like the, you know, they'll they'll kill you just for having a difference of opinion." Can you imagine, like, what what, what is the world <laughs> coming to, most Like anarchy, Fritz. It would be anarchy. And then there's a pause, and like, so hey, uh, I hope we get assigned to the to the same death camp. Like, yeah, we work really well, and it's the funniest fucking thing. Uh, those games rule. And they also engage with the fact that, like, the, the Wolfenstein guy kind of looks Aryan. Like, he's a big lantern-jawed, blue-eyed, blonde-haired killing machine that we're like, well, he's one of, he's, you know, he's killing Nazis, though. I know he looks like Adolf Hitler's wet dream, but come on. And, uh, oh, it's just, it's so good. What, what should have you been uh, consuming this week? I've been
1: obsessing over the Beetlejuice musical. Have you heard it yet?
0: I haven't heard it, but I keep seeing people posting about it.
1: It's very good. It's super catchy. And it's... It's got a sense of humor that's very self-aware. When mm-hmm. I first heard about it, I was like, fuck this. I'm right. sick and tired of musicals that are just pandering and mm-hmm. let's take thing that people a movie that people like and let's make it a musical. Yeah. And then I have been listening to this uh, cast recording and it is meta. Like, it opens with Lydia Dietz singing a ballad about being sad because her mom died. Mm-hmm. And then um, Beetlejuice goes, whoa, what, an, what a stark departure from the original source material. <laughs> <laughs> and then Holy when shit. the um, Barbara and Adam die, uh, mm-hmm. they go... Beetlejuice goes. I told you, it's a play about death. Everything in this is about
0: death. <laughs> Shit. This honestly, I feel like, uh, especially in, in in recent years, uh, there's this thing of everything needs to be a musical, right? So you've got like Reanimator the musical and Evil Dead the musical and um, I, I the Beetlejuice. I saw the Beetlejuice discourse because it crossed it crossed my timeline because it was like uh fans of the original film arguing with fans of the Beetlejuice cartoon arguing with fans of the musical
1: yeah and it's kind of like trying to me- merge all three
0: yeah there's there's no universe in which Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice is like a kid friendly character who's just like kind of a gross dude like i which first of all uh uh this is a Michael Keaton uh positive podcast like we I fucking love Michael Keaton, and he's, oh, he's Ryan, great as Beetlejuice.
1: There's a number in the musical called Dirty Old Man where 14-year-old Lydia Dietz sings about how, no, I totally have always wanted to marry a dirty old man. This is not weird at all that Excellent. Beetlejuice is forcing me to marry him.
0: Which is definitely a thing that happens in that fucking movie where it's just like, eh, child marriage?
1: And also, what's weird is the Beetlejuice cartoon is clearly a ship, like... Oh, yeah. Getting from point A to point B is pretty easy. So, how did that shit happen?
0: I mean, and this was during... I I mean, great fucking question, and I feel like this was during the days in which fucking everything had to have a Saturday morning cartoon... So it was like, all right, the Toxic Avenger, you know, that movie with the, the head crushing scene and the, well, it was, what if we do that for, wouldn't that be fun for kids? Let's do well, that as a cartoon. goddamn RoboCop. RoboCop. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing is like, it's a, it's very obviously uh, a romantic ship on the show in a way that like, if you tried applying that to the movie, it's like, no, he, he's a, he's a disgusting man. He's a horrible, horrible man.
1: Yeah, and yet in the cartoon, he's like a lovable scamp. And uh, also yeah. probably a 300-year-old ghost, but just don't think about it hard enough.
0: Yeah, on, I I realized, you know what was uh, the most effective bit of Lovecraftian horror I've ever seen in a movie? Is the scene in Beetlejuice where uh, they're like, well, how, how do we know you can be scary? And then the camera cuts behind him and just goes, bah! and like something horrifying happens to his face. And then it cuts back and he's like, you like it? And it's like, I I love so much that it's like, yeah, it's something so horrifying that we couldn't even show you what it was. But just trust me, it was it was upsetting.
1: I really like when films don't show you shit because Mm -hmm. my brain is so over, um, you know, is constantly running uh, 60 to nothing. So anything I can imagine can be far more gruesome than what can be done. With practical effects.
0: Oh, absolutely. Speaking of uh, what we can imagine is always worse, um, I. Uh, so for Rank and Vile, uh, uh, I just uh, did an interview with Josh Schaefer, uh, who is the uh, one of the founders of uh, uh, Lunch Meat uh, VHS, and he uh, is writing a book right now called Stuck on VHS, um, which is about uh, the stickers that people used to use on, on VHS tapes. So, like, sort of the big iconic green horror sticker. The, um, this
1: tape will melt sticker. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's, it's fucking, I'm so excited for this book, but like talking to him, i realized that like, it's such a universal experience, the like wandering uh, past a poster at the video shack of like Hellraiser or something. And then your brain as a small child, like my mom wasn't letting me rent that. So it was like, you know, you sort of had to create that narrative and it's usually way scarier than actually watching Hellraiser.
1: Oh yeah. Um, If you've ever seen the box for Black Roses also far oh, yeah. uh,
0: incomprehensible.
1: Or, I mean, how many people have seen The Dentist and The Dentist 2?
0: <laughs> I have definitely seen The Dentist, but only because I uh, years and years ago, I had a VHS of a, a compilation of horror scenes called Boogeymen, and one of those clips was from The Dentist, and it was just him ripping out someone's teeth.
1: Are those for masturbatory purposes...
0: They are not. Uh, there was a, a stark lack of nudity on that thing. It was just like, and here's the scene from Nightmare on Elm Street where he drags Tina around on the ceiling. Whoa! But, but
1: why is Terror in the Isles and Boogeymen a thing? Is it just like a pre-internet holdover, or is there some reason why we need greatest hits of Freddy and Jason?
0: That's a great question, and I think I know what it is. It's This is pre the days in which you could type in Samoa Joe top 50 moves and just, like, watch just a, a super cut of a thing where this was, like... I don't know, like, I'm wondering the circumstances in which you would play this. Like, maybe you would leave Boogeymen on, in the background of a bar during a Halloween party or something?
1: Or if you owned a video store, like... But, again, then why would it be available for retail or rental because like this is the yeah. tape that i believe boogeyman was at my local blockbuster as a kid so like nice why though
0: <laughs> yeah and and i don't know how they select the ones that i mean like it's also tonally weird because you've got like the the freddy krueger tina murder but then you've got like the leprechaun hopping on a dude's lungs with a pogo stick when, you know, in, like you do. And *Leprechaun* too. It's it's totally it's totally weird. So uh, before we uh, jump into the first movie we're talking about this week, uh, let's talk about the Patreon and uh, how what what that is and what it does. Yeah, thanks to our
1: listeners, we've actually been able to pay for hosting costs through our Patreon, and also uh, we're going to be able to soon upgrade our recording equipment. So yeah. um, thank you all for that.
0: Yeah, it's extremely good. Um, so uh, we, uh, as of January first, we have uh, two new subscribers: uh, Julian Stewart. Hey, Julian, how's it going? And uh, Thomas, tomaster Thomaster. I never know how to pronounce Thomas's screen name.
1: Yeah, uh, it's T P T H P too. So
0: you uh, know what it is? It makes me think of like I-, I think English and Irish wrestling fans love misspelling their names, where it's like yeah. Ma- Matthew and Kevin with a with an F. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for for pledging money. Um, so for uh, pledging uh, uh, money, you can get access to all kinds of stuff like our bonkers show notes. You can get uh, bizarre care packages from us, full of uh, handmade art. And uh, the next weird... one is coming
1: um, after for Valentine's Day. So if you uh, get that, if you subscribe now, you'll be elig- at that level. You'll be eligible for. The February package.
0: Hell yeah, um, and it's again, yeah. There's like just it's crammed with horror merch and all 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 manner of 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 uh, So
1: temporary tattoos of stitches and bolts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or and hear me out here. What if we actually? What if I actually just got tat neck bolt tattoos?
1: Um. Because neck bolt tattoos uh, drastically affect your chances of employment,
0: uh, uh, I don't yeah.
1: condone them. Now, it's <laughs> not for me to say. Every time I make statements about tattoos, someone says, "Hey pal, my wife's hey. a sea mammal." Hey pal, <laughs> hey, I have hey pal, neck my bolt wife's tattoos. a tattoo. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have face tattoos, and I've done just fine. It's listen as a as a corporate executive who makes well over six figures i my my face tattoo has not caused me any substantial problems
1: yeah so anyway um i don't recommend it but it would be pretty cool for someone uh who already has neck and face <laughs> tattoos hell yeah um did you do the thing with eyeliner where when you were a kid you just draw frankenstein stitches on your face or was oh. that just me
0: no, definitely. No, I did that and drew stitches on my shirt as well, where it was sort <laughs> of like... But I, I didn't know what stitches actually looked like or were, so it was just like a line with several other completely parallel lines drawn on it.
1: Like janky railroad
0: tracks. Like really janky railroad tracks. Side note, I just took the, the gauze wrapping off of my thumb after um, I gashed it open pretty bad uh, about a week and a half ago. And um,
1: it has been possessed a la the movie Idle Hands.
0: Yeah, it's literally the movie from Idle Hands. The Offspring is about to show up there in the mix. Um, <laughs> side they, note.
1: They've stolen a song from AFI and refused <laughs> to pay uh, oh, copyright to the... Oh,
0: to, to, Total Immortal? No, let's just put that in the... It's fine. This is fine. Um, which, side note, that movie slaps. we got to do Idle Hands at some point. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, jump into the movie we're doing this week, uh, which is a Hong Kong horror movie called Hex. From yes, ni- this is a,
1: from 1980. This is a mm-hmm. Shaw Brothers movie. Uh, you'll recall Shaw Brothers also produced uh, The Seven Brothers versus uh, Dracula, also known as... The,
0: the Legend Hopping, of the Seven...
1: Yeah, The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Mm-hmm. They also produced Seeding of a Ghost
0: fuck which might be genuinely the most bonkers movie we've done on this podcast
1: Uh, this one gives it a run for its money so it's a period piece uh, towards the end of the um, Chinese dynasty and right at the beginning of British occupation of Hong Kong Mm -hmm. so this guy so the basic story is this scrub marries into a rich family so he can get all their money but because of colonialism, the family runs out of money. They just have prestige in their name. Right. So Chun-Yu, being pissed, just drinks and, and spends up all the money and just beats his wife and servant merciless.
0: Chun- Chun-Yu is the guy who sucks. Like, his, his gimmick as a human being is that he's, hello, it's me, Chun-Yu, the guy who sucks.
1: Yes, I smoke filtered cigarettes and <laughs> beat women.
0: Now, he smokes filtered cigarettes, but also he he doesn't even have a proper cigarette holder. He has, like, a little cigarette condom that doesn't drastically affect the length of the cigarette or or anything about it. It's just, like, a little cigarette Uh, holder that... But don't
1: forget, Ryan, that's a plot point in this movie.
0: It truly is. Um, So he's just uh, drunk 24 over 7. He is beating the shit out of his wife and his servant and... um, so eventually, uh, the, uh, the servant... Now, we should get into his uh, what is going on with his wife. Does she have the consumption?
1: She has the consumption, the actual consumption. Okay,
0: so she's, she's, she's uh, tuberculitic? Yes, and because
1: uh, it's a period film, the doctor says, um, rest and take some medicine and maybe you'll die a little later than sooner.
0: Yeah, I think back in the day, you just died from being alive. Like, you go to the doctor, and he's not even trained. He's just like, yeah, I guess drink some tea. I don't even, I don't know. Y- y'all, you're, you're gonna die, but so are we all, so who gives a shot? And
1: basically, the doctor says, Wh- whatever you do, make sure your husband doesn't beat you mercilessly every night. And Jesus then Christ. he leaves, and the husband just whumps on her, and then, yeah, she's doomed.
0: He like runs into the room and just spear tackles her out of nowhere. Like he, he just does. sort of just on sight. Like he, this guy, he just bursts into the room to beat the shit out of people and then leaves. And that's pretty There's much what he does. There's
1: another moment where she's having a coughing, a, ter, a tuberculitic fit and needs her medicine from across the room. And because the husband is holding their servant against the wall and just like working her up and down like a, like a mobster uh, mm-hmm. enforcer. The wife falls to the ground and just like drags herself across the room. And then Chen Yu walks in and is like, why can't you just walk over and get him? You're faking it and kicks her and walks out of the room.
0: And you know, meanwhile she's coughing up blood because of tuberculosis Um so So
1: the the servant says i quit this is untenable and this this
0: guy beats the shit out of me at every point of the day and i cannot do this anymore
1: so then as a favor to a family friend this other girl shows up and like
0: the daughter of the of the first um server
1: yeah yeah okay so it's the daughter so it's like okay i owe you this one
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: she's like, this guy is a motherfucker.
0: <laughs> I think it's verbatim what she says to the wife, like, this guy's a motherfucker. Look, he beats the shit out of you. So then, because it's a Shaw Brothers
1: movie, he goes to beat the shit out of her, and she like, kung fu kicks the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nobody kung fu kicks me. <laughs> and then they have like a weird fight, and then he's like, whatever, I'm going to the bar. Now. Important information: This house is next to a stagnant lake.
0: Yeah, it's it is it is it is a full-on swamp thing. Uh, pond scum floating on the surface, green as Christmas. Um, I don't know if any fish have ever lived in this bog. Except when they drain it later in the movie, it's filled with fish. It's incredible. Which, also, there's there's a bit in here that I think a lot of, that I've been thinking a lot about, which is there's, uh, this, uh, kid of, like, ten years old or something sitting with an old man doing, um, the fishing thing, and he's, he takes his shirt off, and the guy's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I want to I jump into the water and see if there's any fish. And he's like, yeah, don't, don't do that. This is a really... This is a really dangerous pool. Like, you could, you could die.
1: That guy's dad has a water pipe that is bigger than a bazooka.
0: <laughs> yeah, that it's water like
1: pipe. It's an rpg bong, and he's like, you do what you want, and then he rips it.
0: <laughs> just a huge bong rip, like, whatever, kid, it's your funeral. Um, and so uh, Chun-Yu uh, sort of drunks his way past and falls into the pond and gets pulled out by these uh, this this pair, and he's just like, blah, I'm Chun-Yu, and then he wanders off again, and um, so later on, he is uh, pulling his usual chun yu his his usual Chun-Yu, Chun-Yu moves. And then he's like, whatever, I'm going to, whatever, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to the bar. And um, the, the new server is like, yeah, well, you're not a fucking man because you bully women and beat the shit out of them. So, and he's like, say that again. And she's like, you're not a man. And so he uh, assaults her?
1: Yeah. And then, um, because it's torrentially raining, they uh, the servant gets in a fight with Chun-Yu and um, throws him into the giant water barrel and sits on top of it until he drowns.
0: Okay, is the purpose of the water barrel to just collect as much water as possible?
1: Yes, it is just in case we need some fresh water, we've got a barrel. Here.
0: Right. In case they shut the power off and we need to be able to flush the toilet, we're gonna just you know have this giant cistern of water. Well, uh, again,
1: it's a period piece, so they mm-hmm. have no plumbing. They just right. have that water barrel.
0: Yeah. Um, well, they it's have that water a barrel water
1: pot. It's made out of clay, but anyway.
0: Oh, nice. I, I don't see that. There we go. Um, so they uh, cram him in the in the water pot and uh, close him in there, and uh, it's obviously raining like hell. So he is. Presumably drowned uh, in this water pot. So
1: then the servant says, my lady, you got to help me hide the body. We got to roll him up in a rug and throw him in the scum
0: pond. Which checks out, actually. Nobody's going in this fucking pond.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it's literally like no one will know. They'll just assume that he got drunk and fell in because foreshadowing he's already done that in this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, this guy, I feel like, A, he's the least likable dude that has ever lived, so nobody's really going to be going like, Hey, what happened to Chun Yu? He hasn't been coming to our cigar smoking club. Um, so they think that they've gotten rid of him, and then, so uh, they, it's uh, the wife and the servant, and they're hanging out.
1: And, and they get nervous because, you know, oh, someone's going to find out. And then people start complaining about the... You know, they, so everyone's like, come quick. Something is floating in the bog. And they're like, oh, no, they found the body. And mm-hmm. they run and a dead dog has surfaced up because it's just this is the body of water you have in your neighborhood is where dead corpses are constantly laying.
0: Yeah, this is this is the corpse collection pool.
1: So then they go back to the house, and the wife is even more nervous, and she has all these terrible dreams, and Mm -hmm. wouldn't you know it, Chun-Yu's swollen, bloated, watery ass comes back from the grave to strangle her.
0: Yeah, he he looks like an overcooked hot dog. It's great. Just
1: white and, and gushing water and then of course um, she screams and the servant runs in and turns on the light and it was all just a crazy dream she's just Mm. wrapped up in her bed sheets then it it gets to be a real close call they're like we've got to drain the scum pond because it smells so bad (laughs) that everyone is complaining (laughs) so they finally here's my question they have a pump they have a water pump And they pump all the water out. Why did they let there be a pond to begin with? Why did they just not... Pump out this gross water. This is not the first time that something nasty has been in this pond.
0: Yeah, I think if in this part of town, if your uh, waterlogged corpse comes bobbing up to the surface uh, surface of this pond, they just say you died of natural causes. Like you just—that's <laughs> the fate that awaits everybody at some point—is bobbing to the surface of a scum pond.
1: So there's this moment where everyone is like standing on the edge of the pond, like chewing on their handkerchiefs and their knuckles and panicking. And mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it? It's a dead pig that's been making everything smell bad.
0: Yeah, and so they they, they drain the whole thing, which, by the way, I don't know that a a dead pig at the bottom of a pond could produce that much smell above pond.
1: But what's amazing is there are so many catfish in this pond, and just Mm -hmm. these ladies come with baskets and just grab them all and proceed (sighs) to just cook dinner for presumably the next month.
0: Which I love that it's like, oh, man, these de- this dead rotting pig is stinking up our stink pond. Hey, you want to take it home for dinner? Yeah, let's cook it up. It's fine.
1: Well, I mean, catfish eat shit, and that's what yeah. makes catfish delicious.
0: So <laughs> there you go. You know, and that's that's kind of inspiring. They're, the, they're They're the fish that eat shit, and that just serves to make them more appealing.
1: I'm here to eat shit and to taste delicious
0: <laughs> and I'm all out of shit yeah, that's, yeah. honestly like this movie has such a, like, a fast and loose relationship with like physical bodies so uh, fa- fast forward um, the, the water so, so the big
1: reveal is Chun Yu's not in the lake and he's zombieing around so it's that right. oh that wasn't a dream he's actually a zombie running around
0: Right, because, of course, this asshole could not just die and stay dead. He's the worst man who's ever lived, and thus will never die. And then you sort of figure out um, the— Well, no, 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 we're
1: we're getting ahead of ourselves. So the wife is so panicked by this ghost that she dies.
0: Yeah, yeah. She is literally scared to death, which I feel like as ways to die go, pretty good
1: yeah so because they're Taoist, the Taoist priest does a whole ritual to make sure her ghost stays in her body and then it turns out that the servant and chun yu are in cahoots they're actually lovers and it's a whole scare jessica to death thing now mm-hmm. we can be together because we scared your poor sick wife to death and mm-hmm. it was just a rubber monster mask that he was wearing and mm-hmm. he used his cigarette filter as a snorkel to get out of the pond, which also means he probably had that pond water in his mouth.
0: Yeah, so he's his his mouth is full of stink water. Even if he's not dead yet, he probably wished he was dead after getting a good snoot full of uh, pond scum.
1: Imagine having consummating your relationship because you <laughs> killed your wife and you're just reeking of <laughs> yeah you're just like
0: co- covered in a, in a thin sheen of green scum and you know that such was the, the style at the time let's
1: um, do so, it baby
0: baby i'm covered <laughs> in scum and so they uh it turns out like oh no they were trying to basically get it, her fortune but then uh this is when oh, everything sh- goes <laughs> sideways
1: yeah, so then Chun Yu and his now his
0: new wife start getting haunted by the first wife, which couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So wait a yeah. minute. so he's so but he's not abusing the shit out of his uh, out of his new wife? No, he just abused the shit out of his old wife. So is this just him like committing to a bit with being an abusive monster?
1: I mean, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He is an abusive monster. There's no bit. It's right. just that, like, I guess it's implying that if you love someone, you don't abuse them.
0: Oh, which, wow. Okay. Um, which well, I not, don't not... want to
1: get into, because that's stupid. <laughs> right. But um, I, yeah. I guess? I don't know. It's so weird. this is a
0: real, it's a real Fleetwood Mac situation with Hex. Like, it's just there's, everybody needs help in, in their relationships and in their lives. But so they get uh, hainted by the ghost of the yeah. lady they killed.
1: So they call the Taoist priest and say, you didn't do the funeral well enough. Um, do it again. (laughs) So he comes back and does the like Taoist go back in the grave ghost. You, you're supposed to go with the body. And like, what I also love about this movie is the, uh, grave attendants who are like, yeah, the, the casket fell off of its, um, things, so everyone yes. knows that means it's not gravity, it's ghosts. <laughs> I,
0: I, I like that everybody just takes it as a given that ghosts are a thing that'll happen where they, they go back to listen, it took the cast of poltergeist until the end of the movie to go, you left the bodies, where these like this couple immediately just goes, Hey, Taoist priest, you didn't fucking do the prayer right, now we got ghosts. Do it again.
1: I also love that it's as if the priest and all of the the cemetery attendants are like you know this looks a lot like the kind of ghost you'd get if you murdered your wife in an elaborate (laughs) ruse and they're like huh interesting i don't know anything about that
0: Matt, it's so weird it's like y'all are getting your comeuppance for something terrible you've done or something i don't know what it is i don't know what it is something about the shape of this haunting doesn't look good for you
1: so the daoist does his thing and they're still haunted and there's additional haunting scenes so they're like, damn it, this doesn't work. So what do you do when a da- when Taoism doesn't work for you? You call a Buddhist. So they call a traveling <laughs> Buddhist monk to do it. And then there's the most tense scene in the movie where this bumbling monk looks down on the ground and just finds teeth in the mud. Uh huh. And it's like these are human teeth, and this is a human skull. And you see Chun-Yu pick up an axe, like he's about to cut him up. Right. And then the guy's like, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'll do my thing. And then, uh, wouldn't you know it, because uh, it's not a real ghost. uh, Spoiler alert. It doesn't work. So they call a fortune teller who's a medium to Mm -hmm. do crazy black magic and shave the new woman's head and write kanji over her entire body.
0: But I, so I love that this couple, like, they are just working through the fucking Rolodex of like, okay, we tried a Taoist priest, that didn't uh, cut it. We got a second opinion, we went to a Buddhist monk, that didn't do it. So I guess fortune teller? Like, I wonder... Black magic? Black they, magic? They bind this spirit to a
1: naked woman with kanji written all over her nipples and she rides and dances on the ground Mm -hmm. and the fortune teller says, yeah, just say these magic words. And, um, as long as you can survive the night, the ghost will be gone. Uh, but wouldn't you know it, uh, it doesn't work. And the ghost rips her ears off.
0: Yeah, just sort of like uh, the handles on a plastic uh, shopping bag that has too much shit in it.
1: And then the movie goes off the rails.
0: Yeah, and that's where it then, gets fucking wild. <laughs> that's where it gets weird. So, all right. So they uh, are still... So they have to contend with the ghost shit.
1: Yeah. So what happens is it's revealed then that there are no ghosts at all and mm. it's a case of identical twins
0: which i think is my favorite goofy reveal of any goofy reveal it's either that one or it was all just a crazy dream and i think the 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 it's great because it totally bypasses any need to be consistent because because you're sort of like eh identical twins i don't know fuck you
1: yeah so it's found out that in the beginning of the movie there's a photo of the the rich heiress and another woman and it's her identical twin sister and it's like just glanced at so if you're not paying attention you don't notice it so anyway when uh she actually dies the sister uh was doing was coming for a surprise visit she witnesses them kill her and then she decides to get her revenge. She's going to pretend to be her sister and haunt the the couple. So yeah. then um, the thing that's insane about that is it does not account for the fact that there definitely is a scene where she, the, the quote unquote ghost, rips off a woman's ears. So yeah. was that some kind of weird hallucination or does she actually have... The power to rip a person's face in half.
0: I. This is my question. Like, I, I. I assume that she's just either a fucking jacked and really strong, or like they. They kind of can't decide. I don't know. I feel like our are, are ghosts in in China or Hong Kong. Like, are, are they able to do physical shit?
1: I mean, I don't know. That's out of my depth.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the movie would imply. That yeah, the way that they let ghosts in the whole movie strangle them, that they're just able to kill you.
0: Right. So if a ghost comes back, they will actually just buy a gun and shoot you. And yeah. They can they can just do that.
1: So and and I was debating if we wanted to talk about the ending, but it's so weird. And it did not make sense until I read the Wikipedia article because I was like, what the fuck just happened? Even though (laughs) she literally does a voiceover that says, ah, yes, dear sister, now you can rest free because, peacefully, because I came to avenge you. I'm like, what the fuck just happened?
0: (laughs) Well, and honestly, it's a very Tales from the Crypt plotline, I think, where it's like uh, a scheming couple uh, after a nice lady's money and... A ghost getting revenge for shit. Like, it's an extremely sort of bad people getting their comeuppance story.
1: Yeah. Um, So, it's very good.
0: It's good, and also the camera work is insane. Like, they... I don't know. I feel like this movie does so many fun things with cameras where it's just, like, following along with the action, but also, like, sort of being across the room so that you can see what's going on before it goes super fucking close up. And it is... I don't know. You could tell that the cinematographer was having a really good time making hacks.
1: And the other great thing about this is it was clearly made on the Shaw Brothers lot. The entire yeah. thing was filmed in a, a soundstage.
0: Yeah. So, how does this stack up with Shaw, uh, Shaw Brothers movies you've seen?
1: So, I would say it between this and Seating of a Ghost, mm-hmm. even though both of them have really insane endings. Seeding of a Ghost's Climax is on a whole nother level.
0: Seeding of a Ghost's Climax uh, is only uh, technically a movie climax uh, by, like, in technical terms, sure, but it's more like uh, you have consumed roughly three snack cakes filled with uh, DMT and (laughs) had a really, really bad dream.
1: Yeah, it's this woman is going to give birth to an actual ghost, and then it's going to turn uh, to a Resident Evil boss and kill everyone in this house.
0: Yeah, a house full of people tangentially related to one of the people responsible for this.
1: So I'd say it's not as good as seating of a ghost. It's number 112. Now, how do you think Mm. it compares to house sue aka 1977's
0: house oof now okay i feel like uh it's a different thing to me because there are hmm i feel like the supernatural element in this you don't know what's going on until the end and in house it's just it's like a game of scribble knots but with murder where it's just like a, a bunch of crazy shit happens i don't know
1: yeah, can we put it in this movie? Sure. Can we make a man a pile of bananas? Why
0: not? <laughs> uh should a should a head float up out of a well? Yes. Yeah. Should definitely. we
1: call the girl that eats all the time Mac short for stomach? And should we call the girl that is good at martial arts
0: kung fu? Why not? I mean, because here's the thing. I've met movies that uh, used subtlety and they're fucking cowards. Um, Now, all right. So between this and Seeding of a Ghost, I feel like I want to give the edge to Seeding of a Ghost. Because that, like, the ending specifically, it's, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for a movie that uh, scandalizes me because I'm a, I'm a withered old ghoul and my nerves are all dead. And so anything that I can watch that actually makes me go, whoa, 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 what the fuck? Why? I have such an affection for that. So I feel like Seating seating of a Ghost at 112 uh, is, is better. I think looking down the list, it is definitely better than Deep Blue Sea.
1: Now, here's another problem I'm having. Mm-hmm. Um, the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which is another Shaw Brothers movie, is 131. Okay. But this movie, Hex does not have Dracula in it.
0: No, no, and Dracula AD nineteen seventy two uh, at 132, one thirty two. One, it's Dracula rate. It's Dracula rate one hundred percent.
1: Actually, it might even be two or three hundred percent because I think there's multiple Draculas.
0: That's true. Ta- uh, so, I mean, taste the blood of Dracula ha- is like Schrodinger's Dracula because of the potential for more Draculas if people drink the blood of Dracula.
1: I mean, imagine if you put. Powdered blood of Dracula into the town's water supply.
0: Yeah, you could have Dracula Town. You could, you could have Mayor Dracula, Treasurer Dracula. You've, your mailman is a Dracula.
1: Why are we not working for a movie studio? And why have we not pitched your mailman is a Dracula?
0: you Even on to Baskin Robbins, blah. And it's Here's this is the your life spec
1: script. Your, <laughs> your mailman is a Dracula. <laughs> Why are you using Dracula as a, as a
0: generalized noun?
1: It, well, let me, let me tell to...
0: you why Dracula is a generalized noun in Dracula Town. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So I feel like, all right, so Dracula AD 1972, I think, goes above that. Do you think Abby from 1974 is better or worse than Hex?
1: Well, do we believe that Abby is sincere or
0: no, no, racially no.
1: insensitive?
0: Oh, I think it's just racially insensitive.
1: Yeah. So then I would say Hex would go above Abby and below Dracula AD
0: 1972 then. Yeah. I feel I feel pretty good about that. So yeah, so coming in at our new number 133 is um, Hex from 1980. Um there a are fucking a lot movie. of
1: movies named
0: hex by the way yeah there are it's like it's like movies called witchcraft like it, it's it's yeah i think people were going through a phase in the 80s of just naming everything hex
1: um also uh that brings to my attention we need to do jonah hex on this movie i
0: this have podcast. never i have never seen jonah hex
1: me neither
0: all right, well, at least we know—all right, so so definitely either—that's that, a stay tuned for sure. I feel like also because I have heard so many references to Jonah Hex that at this point I have no idea what it's about.
1: Who do you know that's ever recognized reference uh, Jonah Hex?
0: I think— uh there's a psychobilly band that did a song about Jonah Hex.
1: That's, <laughs> well, if a Psychobilly band did it, we definitely need to rank it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen. Have you I, heard I Orville like Psycho
1: Peck Billy. speaking of Psychobilly adjacent no. music? Orville Peck is a gay uh cowboy who used to be in punk bands and now does what's basically Roy Orbison if he joined Joy Division?
0: Uh you The you, the sequence of words you just said um, is the single greatest collection of words I've heard in my entire life. I like everything about that.
1: Oh, also he wears a domino mask with fringe.
0: Sold. I mean, Glenn Danzig wrote, wrote a song for Roy Orbison.
1: That's so great that it, it's that order and not the other way around. Because you
0: have the yeah. whole,
1: like crooner school of music of, like, Elvis, Danzig, <laughs> Morrissey.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Danzig... It, the song American Nightmare was him basically being like, hey, what if I was Elvis? And it's it's great. Um, so, uh, Anonymous on Tumblr uh, requested uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003 and not the original. Um, I All right, all right. How do you feel about the Texas Chainsaw remake?
1: It was weirdly just a vehicle for Arlie Ermy to be mean. Yeah. Which, strangely, when I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think of Chainsaws, not Arlie Ermy yelling at teenagers <laughs> for an hour and a half.
0: That was such a... They, they were banking heavily in the heady days of 2003 on the appeal of watching Arlie Ermy verbally abusing people for an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, like... What was the decision there? Did what I, was the order? Was it we're gonna remake this movie, let's cast it. Who auditioned lee Ermy? Okay, now let's run with it. Or was right. it we have lee Ermy locked in a contract? Let's stick him <laughs> in Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Well, and it's it's also one of the most unpleasant horror movies I've ever seen. And now here's the thing: I had uh, I had this movie on DVD when I was a teenager. Um, I think I kind of credit Texas Chainsaw 2003 for getting me into more transgressive horror um, just because that movie is fucking bleak. like it is it is gross. it is uncomfortable. there is all manner of gore which is I honestly the fact that this was around the same period uh, as like saw coming out and hostile, I feel like this is in the conversation for torture porn.
1: Oh for sure it is of the time.
0: And and you've got just sort of like these long lingering shots of somebody like with snot coming out of their nose face down in the dirt while Arlie Ermey is verbally abusing them. You've got like, I don't know, like it's this movie, it starts with a, a, a hitchhiker pulling a gun out of her vagina and shooting herself in the head. And then it gets worse. Like,
1: um, I'm sorry, I just realized this was a Michael
0: Bay production. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is. This is yeah, this is Platinum Dunes motherfucker. Um this was I think the one that sort of started like touched off the the thing of remaking all these iconic horror movies for Platinum Dunes.
1: Yeah, I I think that's definitely true. Um Yeah. It's just I'm sorry, inscrutably weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the Leatherface stuff I mean, if I'm, I don't know, I feel like only the first two movies in any version of this franchise were actually good. And I, don't, I think every single other Texas Chainsaw sequel, remake, and edition, they're all bad.
1: Okay, but can we talk about how awesome the soundtrack is? And by awesome, I mean how very 2003 the soundtrack is.
0: Oh, we've got Motograder in the mix. This Eight is... Breed
1: Soil, Static X. We have Mushroomhead, the yeah, other do. masked 20-member <laughs> metal new metal band. God.
0: Do you remember the beef between Mushroomhead and Slipknot? I like that one
1: of the guys in Mushroom Head was, like, a good 20 years older than everyone else in the band.
0: Man, that's like—honestly, if you're the old guy in your new metal band, that's like doing donuts in the parking lot of your high school, like, five years after you've graduated. Like, what are we doing? Motograder—Motograder um, Motograder was one of those bands that—it's, um, it's like, six or seven dudes, and they're all painted up uh, in sort of, like— you know tribal makeup and uh they've got the, now and i remember um, you, do you remember when you used to read magazines um back in the day like uh, hit parader Just, full stop remember when yeah magazines <laughs> <were a thing? laughs> do, you, do you remember when magazines were a thing you might read from time to time um and hit parader magazine was going like was completely in love with moto Grader from the year 2003 to early 2004 um, and, you know, there, there's a guy in the in the group who made his own instrument called a grater, And it's just like a shitty piece of cord on a dowel that he would hit with a stick. And
1: Wikipedia this was the basis for a band. Wikipedia calls
0: it, and I quote, um, a unique bass sound. <laughs> it sure is that. Yeah, that is that is, <laughs> that is a unique bass sound they came up with. Um, yeah, this soundtrack, it is, it is honestly... Um, this came out the same year as Freddy vs Jason, and I feel like you could do a double feature with those soundtracks. Oh man, I really want to listen. It's got Sworn Enemy, who has the song Sworn Enemy
1: on off the, of album. the album Sworn <laughs> Enemy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like I Freddy vs Jason also had fucking uh, El Nino and uh, Killswitch Engage. Like it just had. I, there was so much new metal happening around that period. I feel like if you didn't live through that period... I, here, all right, so here's my question. When culturally, because this happens with every time period, when is somebody going to be looking back at, like, 2003 and going, oh, man, that was the good shit. Like, those were the really good years. I mean, I think
1: we're... I, I don't know if people will be, like, will, will find it and say that was really what mattered. I think it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Weird chain walleted uh juggalos like us that are
0: like, oh, I miss that
1: <laughs> so much.
0: Eye- eyebrow piercings. Now, here's the thing though. Uh the Hills Have Eyes remake fucking slaps, and I <laughs> love that movie. Um and I feel like, you know, and you can sort the, of look at
1: And the Halloween remakes. The Rob Zombie Halloween movie's very good.
0: Yeah, I mean like the first the first Rob Zombie Halloween has substantial problems, and I don't know if it's a I don't think it's a good movie, but Halloween 2 is deeply underrated, and it's so good. Uh, And that was during a period in which Rob Zombie was still trying to actually make good things. Um, But I I feel like for me now, all right, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 came out the same year that we invaded Iraq. And I feel like part of me wants to give uh, this movie and other torture porn movies credit for, like, engaging with that horror and the fact that we were torturing people, the fact that, like, you know, on the news, we're like watching people die. Like how, I want to say that Texas Chainsaw um, was responding to that, but I genuinely don't think it was. I think The Hills Have Eyes was responding to the post-Bush years, and I do not think Texas Chainsaw was.
1: What's really interesting about that is when you say torture porn, like I think of um, hostile as being like the Mm banner, the standard bearer.
0: And, yeah, and, like, I don't—honestly, I don't think torture porn exists outside outside of a handful of movies from the early 2000s. Um, I feel like a lot of people just refer to gory, uncomfortable things as torture porn. I don't—but I, I do genuinely feel like Texas Chainsaw 2003 really grinds your face down in that shit, right? Like, you've got fingernails getting ripped off in slow motion while someone's being dragged down a staircase. You've got—it's a very wet movie. It's sticky, yeah. Like, and everybody in that movie looks sticky.
1: is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D mm-hmm. literally shows a person being cut in half with a chainsaw. And right. it's better than this movie somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. Like, I, there's so much about this movie that I, I hate that I kind of appreciate uh, in terms of, like, I, I think the audacity of having the hitchhiker at the beginning of the thing being someone who escaped from the the uh, oh okay okay. in in this movie i think they're not the sawyers they're the hewitts um but like you know they there, there is a camera shot that's just pulling back and then through the hole in her head before her head before her body flops over that's genuinely funny to me like i the fact that they were like what if we started out the movie this way and then went for it I, this is not a good movie, but I'm fond of it in a way I can't totally engage with.
1: I think the other thing that I think is a, a real misstep is they didn't really use Leatherface except for the final, the finale of the film.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hang out with Arlie Ermey. He's my mean stepdad. Like, let me watch that good, good boy chasing people with a chainsaw. Like, I, I'm, I'm here for Leatherface and the rest of that family. I don't fucking care about Arlie Ermy.
1: Now, Ryan, would you rather watch this Texas Chainsaw or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The New
0: Generation? I would rather watch this. This, I at least know what this is kind of going for in a way that I do not with Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation.
1: Now, would you rather watch this or the real Chainsaw Massacre, that documentary about that guy that had a (laughs) bunch of guns and no chainsaws?
0: And no chains, which is, I honestly, the fact that it, there are zero chainsaws in that thing, I'm giving the edge to Texas Chainsaw 2003.
1: All right, so let's see. Um, now, The Fog is at number 281, okay. right above Urban Legend.
0: Uh, I think The Fog is better than this by a little bit, but I do think Texas Chainsaw 2003 is better than Urban Legend. So then, our new number. Two hundred and eighty. 280,
1: there we go. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two thousand three.
0: Hell yeah! Um, all right, so uh, listeners, you can find us on Twitter at Uh You can find us on Instagram and Tumblr at just Uh If, which by the way, thank you, anonymous, for for requesting those movies. If uh, you have a movie that you want us to talk about, uh, or rank, or degrade on this podcast. You're going to want to send that request either through the Ask box on Tumblr or to uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com.
1: We have a Discord channel. We have an Instagram. Uh, We have a Twitter. We've got all manner of horrors. We've got everything. Vile or RankinVileCast is our username on just about anything. If you want to shoot us an email, that's RankinVileCast at gmail.com. Again, the Patreon is patreon.com
0: slash Yeah. Uh, but barring that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks.